0: Thirty-five decisions that's the average number one adult makes a day some are minuscule others are paradigm shifting but how many are we making and we're not even considering the ripple effect they're setting into motion she chooses as a place purpose to help women harness decision making power by allowing god to open our eyes and give us courage to make the one that leads to obedience to his plan the one that leads us to the promise of hope and future that he's laid out for each of us. If you find yourself in a place where life seems to be obstructing that view and your current state is stuck, meet me at She Chooses, where together we work intentionally to choose Jesus over and over again. Hello, welcome to episode number 10 of the She Chooses podcast. Guys, we are at episode number 10. If you have kids... You know that double digits is like a big deal, and we have officially hit double digits. Thank you for hanging out with me so far. Also, thank you from the bottom of my heart with my whole heart. Thank you. Allowing me to talk to you, to share my heart and what God has laid on my heart with you. I truly believe in um, living faith as a lifestyle and the power of God's word in our daily life and allowing him to transform us and mold us and make us and draw closer to him. And I thank you for listening. I thank you for choosing to share this with your friends and your church friends and all of that good stuff. So thank you. Friends, it is really encouraging to me to hear your feedback. If today's episode is helpful, let me know. Tell me about it. Share it. Grab a screenshot of the episode. Post it to your Instagram and tag at JDHeartsy. Or leave an Apple podcast review. When you do, you help elevate She Chooses and the search results of others, making it easier for others to find and join in on the fun. Listen up, guys. I am so beyond excited about this Shunammite Woman series. I'm working through this study with a small group of friends right now and am loving every crazy moment. After we wrap up this episode series, I'm going to be offering this as a free resource, either a document download, an ebook, something, on the She Chooses website. This is a great study to either dive into on your own Or grab a group of friends and start digging in together. There's something super remarkable that happens when women start digging into the Word together. And these lessons are perfectly fitting for the woman on the go that has a small snippet of time open yet still wants to get the Word of God active in her day. So stick around, stay tuned, and check it out. I'm so excited! We are venturing into a series on my absolute favorite woman of scripture, and we're discussing her. She is nameless, but she is packed with meaning. So we, we spent some time last episode discussing other nameless women in scripture, uh, and then we broke down important background information that we need to be aware of as we really unpack what the lesson of the Shunammite woman means to us. And we looked specifically to see who all is part of the record of her life that we find in Second Kings chapter 4. Um, where is she recorded in the Bible? Where did this happen geographically? We looked at the locations that are discussed. And we also looked at the people that are part of that chapter of scripture. So we took time to do that very purposefully so that the depth of her story is allowed to stretch deeper. God, his desire for us is that we are rooted. If we think back to the parable of the sower, which many of you are probably familiar with, um, God's word is the seed and we are the soil. We want to be the good ground So when the seed comes into us, the Word of God comes into us, the roots of that seed and that Word are allowed to stretch deep so that we have the ability to withstand when the elements of life come at us. When we purpose ourselves to truly study the Shunammite woman and see it from all the different angles that we've discussed, the personal application of her life really becomes easier to see. And the seed of this word can become rooted within us. Right? We want God's word to become part of us. I want it to be a walking, talking billboard for the Lord. And allowing his word to really root itself within us gives us that opportunity so that it can naturally flow from us. And we can um, be that beacon, that city on a hill that God desires to set us up to be. That reflection of him for thinking about this. A good prayer to pray. Something that I love to pray is Jesus Please make me good ground. You see the state of my heart and you know everything within me and I want to be able to receive your word fully so that you would be magnified in my life. So please, God, please make me the good ground so that your word can come into me and do the work that you desire it to do. And you can also go in and review the episode notes from last week as well. So with that, let's go ahead and dive in. Second Kings chapter four, I want to look at verses eight through 11 today. We're going to spend time, we are soaking our spirit in all of these verses and really taking them bit by bit. Because again, we're approaching this like we are taking her life and we're laying it out on the table before us. And we are looking at every piece to see what does this mean? Is it showing us something about Jesus? How is it showing us something about Jesus? And how are we able to apply her um, to draw closer to the Lord? 2 Kings chapter 4 verses 8 through 11. And it fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunem. There was a great woman and she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was that oft as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. And she said unto her husband, Behold, now I perceive that this is an holy man of God, which passeth by us continually. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set for him there a bed and a table and a stool and a candlestick. And it shall be when he cometh to us that he shall turn in thither. And it fell on a day that he came in thither, and he turned into the chamber and lay there. We could very quickly brush past these scriptures and go to the miracle of her son being brought back to life. But doing so would cause us to miss the foundation that was being laid in order for that miracle to happen. You don't get the miracle without this first happening. So right here, we have four scriptures. Again, at first blush, they may not seem all that great, but a closer look shows us they are packed with importance. Without these, you are not getting that miracle. And without this same concept that she points us toward, we're not going to get to ours either. The Shunammite is a great woman. We hear that in verse 8. If you have been reading all of chapter 4, you know that just before it, we learn about the poor widow with the cruise of oil. I love how this is connected into one chapter, and I love how this demonstrates for us, you know, God is not a respecter of persons. We don't have to be a wealthy woman for him to pay attention to us. No, right before we learned, he operates with the poor and the wealthy just the same. We're investigating this woman, this wealthy woman of Shunem, And I want us to pay specific attention today to the progression that's happening in her. We care about this because it patterns the same progression that we're called to follow. God doesn't expect us to change in an instant and in just a quick moment of time. Can he change us in a moment? Absolutely. But less often. And it all begins with faith. And we see this foundation of faith is being laid here in this portion, this chunk of scripture that we're looking at today. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6 tells us, Without faith, it is impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Faith pleases God. Faith moves God. We have to believe that he exists. We see that in this scripture. And along with that, we also have to believe he is a rewarder of those who seek him that part sometimes we question that's a different bible study for a totally different day but he is certainly a rewarder and we see that in this message romans chapter 12 verse 3 goes on to tell us that god has given us all the measure of faith we know that everything begins with faith we have all been given the measure of faith We can't really say if that means we're all given the same amount of faith. And that doesn't really matter. What matters is that we do something with the measure of faith that we have been given. Faith without works is dead. And what we find in the Shunammite woman is that she chose to do something with her faith. She chose to activate it, which is the same choice that we have. Are we going to activate our faith? Or are we going to hide it? If we go back to Matthew chapter 13 verses 31 through 32, we are told about the mustard seed faith. It tells us the mustard seed is the least of all the seeds. But when it is grown, it is the greatest among herbs and becometh a tree so that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. I love this picture that this paints in our mind. The easiest little speck. If you've seen a mustard seed, you know that it literally looks like a speck of dust. It has the ability, once it's planted and it's nurtured, to grow to become a place of rest. I imagine it, it's like an erected pillar, a sanctuary, a refuge for those birds to come and find safety there, that place of rest, which is so beautiful. And again, that's a whole other Bible study, so we'll stop there. But what we need to take away today is planting the seed of faith requires we take a step and that the Shunammite took it. She takes notice of the prophet Elisha. This route from Mount Carmel to Shunem. This was a regular route that Elisha would have taken when he was traveling, like he's traveling a circuit. It makes my mind wander when I think about it. You know, how long had he been passing through Shunem until she took notice? You know, did she instantly notice him? Had she been living there for years and he had been passing by? We, we don't really know, but it really draws my mind to our relationship with Jesus. He's always around us. He's omnipresent. He is all places at one time. And we're told he he leaves the 99 to go after the one. We are all the one. He has been in pursuit of us so long, our entire lifetime, But how long did it take us to take notice of him? For me, that didn't happen until I was 20. For you, it may have been since you were a child. But if you're like me, it was whenever you were an adult. And that's okay. It it, it comes to us all at different times. But it just makes me wonder with this Shunammite, you know, how long had Elisha been passing by her home before she realized, hey, wait a minute. So she takes notice of Elisha, and she's compelled to do something for him, which is where we see her begin to activate that mustard seed faith. She reaches out for him in hospitality by providing him bread. However, the scripture chooses to use the word constrained. Words are powerful and purposeful. And constrained, when you look it up in the dictionary, it means persuaded. It took her some effort to get Elisha to accept her offering. Elisha being a prophet he was he was a humble and modest man. He wouldn't have been about associating with high-ranking people. More often than not he would have been found in more obscure places. He didn't really desire the limelight, you know, and he didn't really want to be seen. So from her it required some persistence. But eventually we find that Elisha gives in and he accepts her hospitality. When we go to activate our faith, we're going to come up against some resistance, right? That Shunammite, she experienced a little bit of resistance, just the same as we experienced some resistance. You know, ours isn't going to be Jesus pushing back saying, no, you know, I'm, I'm not stopping by your house. That's not how God operates. Ours is going to be more than likely our flesh. It's going to be our sinful nature pushing back against us. But what she shows us is that persistence, it pays off. Elisha... He welcomes that over time, and he gets to this place where he's stopping by her home anytime he's traveling that circuit. And the Shunammite, as this is happening, we see there's this desire within her that starts to develop. She wants to develop that relationship, and she's compelled to move deeper. The more she's around him, the more clearly she's saying, this is a holy man of God. This, too, it directly parallels to our relationship with God. The closer we get to him, the more we open ourselves to him. The more we're able to see his holiness and our hunger and our thirst for that relationship, it increases. Like, I want more. I've got to have more. Give me more. That appetite is awakened. So, the Shunammite, she's no longer satisfied with just that occasional drop by. She wants to create space for him as though she's, I want to take responsibility for him in my home. This directly parallels to our life when we go from wanting to visit God on Sunday mornings to that place where I got to have him in my home every day. We get to that place where we want to spend more and more time in the presence of God. That is, brings my mind to Matthew chapter 5 and verse 6, where it says, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. You can almost see how that hunger and thirst that she has for, that righteousness that she's yearning for, step by step, her appetite is increasing. And as it's increasing, you're seeing that it's being filled. Then we read of her She determines to go to her husband. She's got an idea. I know how to bring him into my home. And we see that in verse 9 and 10. And she said unto her husband, Behold, now I perceive that this is an holy man of God, which passeth by us continually. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set for him there a bed, and a table, and a stool and a candlestick and it shall be when he cometh to us that he shall turn in thither. I love her interaction with her husband here. And I want to linger here for just a moment. I think it shows our differences really beautifully between a man and a woman. You know men and women have very different strengths on purpose. In a lot of instances as women we see things from a different perspective. We hone in on different aspects of a situation you know I experienced this with my husband our kids may be going through something and it's really interesting um, to see he picks up on things that are much different from what I perceive them going through and really those things not one of us is better but both of those perspectives complement one another we hone in on those different things and that honing in is is on purpose and it's really beautiful. And we see the sensitivity of the Shunammite here. She perceives that Elisha is this holy man, which to perceive, when you look that word up as well, it means to become aware of something. She came to realize something. She came to understand. And as she's interacting with Elisha, she comes to this understanding. She comes to this realization for herself that this is a holy man of God. God had opened her spiritual eyes to see this. It was God and it was God alone that allowed her this sight. The same thing happens to us. We all have a different degree of spiritual blindness. And as we purpose ourselves to develop relationship with God he and he alone peels back that spiritual blindness and gives us revelation to his immensity, to his goodness, to his plan, to his purpose for us, to our placement in this world, to who he is and his love for us. And we experience this as God begins to shine light in our life and different things as we consume his word. And where once there was confusion, and we're experiencing one of those what does this even mean moments we are out of nowhere almost we're struck with this clarity we have one of those aha moments where all the pieces of that puzzle or the fog in our mind it's cleared and we can see something where we were not able to initially i personally experienced this when i was reading first samuel chapter 15 verse 22 A while back, there were finding an interaction between King Saul and Samuel. And Samuel says to Saul, "Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams." For some reason, when I read this initially, it struck me as foreign, and almost to a frustrating level. And it's even a little embarrassing to admit because. Most of you can probably read this and get it right off the bat, but that was not the case for me at all. There was a barrier in my mind, and I was like, huh? And then I purposed myself. I felt the barrier and decided, you know, God, I don't get this, and I need to understand this. This just feels strange to me. And as I did, God gave me such revelation where what used to create frustration in me where I had no understanding now... I love this word. It is one of my favorite verses to talk to my children about. Saul was this great wealthy man. He's this king. He, he knew what he was supposed to do, but he was told to wait. He was told to wait for Samuel to the sacrifice. And Saul, he gets tired of waiting because he sees that his circumstances around him are quickly dwindling. His people are uneasy. There's an enemy to fight. And he determines to take things into his own hands. He thinks he knows best. So he performs the sacrifice that he was told Samuel needed to perform. And just as he is finishing, here comes Samuel. And Samuel lets him know he is not, wise in this moment and he should have waited and Samuel was the one that was supposed to do this the sacrificing and it didn't matter what Saul had if he knew how to perform the sacrifice or anything what mattered was Saul's obedience to the word and the instruction and in this moment He proved that the sacrifice, no matter how big it was or how rightly he had done it, it was done in vain because he was told to wait, that it was Samuel's sacrifice to perform. So when that revelation came to me, it took the breath straight from my lungs and God began to show me so many ways, personal application, demonstrating Obedience is greater than sacrifice and really rooted that word into me so deeply to now I, I cherish it and I want to teach others. I want to speak about that whenever I can. And this, when we read about this with this Shunammite woman and how it parallels to her story is the more we encounter God, the more revelation to him we receive and the closer we get to him. And we're seeing that play out in her story. And that really is enough for us today to think about, to ponder, and to process, and to reflect on. So that's where we're pausing for today. So until we get together the next time, I have a couple of things I want us to spend time really thinking through. This is what we have to do. Remember, last episode, we talked about meditation. We've got to take the time to really meditate on what has happened. We're not checking boxes. Remember, we're learning to apply and activate this word in our life. The first thing that we can spend some time thinking through until our next episode is the the Shunammite woman spent time with Elisha and the relationship was developed over time. She was investing in him. That same is true with us. For us to have a relationship with God, we have to be willing to invest in it. We have to invest time. We have to invest space, whether that's mental space, physical space, both. We have to think through and ask ourselves, do we even have time to carve out in our day? We've got to be able to have time to actually focus on the Lord. So this is going to take us looking at our schedule and our calendar and looking to see, do I have time? And if not, where can we fit time in? Do we have space? Is there somewhere in your home that you can go and have that clarity, that peace of mind, to spend time to dig into your Bible, to feel comfortable praying in. Maybe you're looking for a prayer closet. We hear that over and over in in scripture, and I have friends that have actual prayer closets, and I think that's great. I don't have that space in my home, and that's okay. So for me, I don't have an actual closet. Mine is my kitchen table, or it's on the floor in my laundry room, depending on the day. It It's that place where you can feel focused and you can feel at peace and you can actually commune with the Lord. So it doesn't matter where it's happening in your home. What matters is that it's happening. Now, we don't want God just on Sundays. We want Him daily. So whether it's five minutes, two hours, whatever you can get in, God just wants to spend time with us. If it is five minutes, I challenge you to see that God can do a lot with that little. It's amazing how when we are able to commit, even if it's just a few minutes, it's amazing how our schedules and our minds, they open when we make that determination that we want to make him a priority. He helps us to make him a priority. The second thing that I want us to look at is we mentioned Everyone is given the measure of faith. We learn about that in Romans chapter 12, verse 3. Again, I don't know if that means we're all given an equal amount or we're all given varying measures. Equality here doesn't matter at all. What matters is that our faith comes from God. We're not the one who dishes it out, but we are the one that is responsible for activating it and nurturing it. And the Shunammite, she shows us clearly the power of an active and nurtured faith. The faith God gave her caused her to hunger and thirst after God. And we see that she is filled. The same is true for us. We want to be filled, don't we? So ask ourselves, are we activating our faith? And ask God for transparency. If you don't see it, and we can ask God, you know, if I'm not activating my faith, can you show it to me? He, He will show us these things. So asking ourselves... What ways can we be activating our faith? You know, maybe it's something as we're committing to spend a few moments in prayer. Maybe it's reaching out and encouraging someone that's been on our mind for a little while. Someone that maybe we can see is struggling, but we haven't had the courage to just check in on them. Maybe it's digging into the word. I don't know what what it may mean for you. It can mean something different for all of us. But I would definitely look for a way that you can ask God to engage your faith this week specifically. We are told to speak in specifics with God, and this is a great way for us to practice that and begin to exercise being obedient to asking those specifics. So with that, that's all I've got for today. That's where we're going to stop for now. So until next time, thank you again so much, friends, for stopping by and spending time with me. And joining me as we focus on how to make faith part of our everyday life. You just listened to an episode of the She Chooses podcast. I pray you are encouraged by the message you heard today. And I pray that the choice before you, the one that leads to Jesus, is shining bright in front of you. Until next time, let's be intentional. Let's be focused, let's be diligent, and let's be the she's that choose Jesus.